0: everyone welcome to refine and grow with justin and lindsay my name is lindsay allen
1: and my name is justin euler and this is your podcast for proven strategies on navigating and managing work life this is kind of a loaded topic i feel like i could be stepping on a landmine here but the conversation about how we present ourselves physically is important and i'm not talking about like yeah i'm talking about just being professional and having a professional appearance and i know for different Companies and different corporate cultures that has a different meaning. And so I don't want to say that there is a binding standard for all corporate settings at all times. I think it's really important to understand the context in which you're working, what is expected at the organization that you work for. But I do think there's something to how we present ourselves. And I think that's taken on an interesting twist during COVID because I think folks in an on premise setting would have been incredibly professional in the COVID world. You might see them in their pajamas with their hair sticking up and their teeth not brushed and their face not shaved for weeks at a time because either they've just given up or they're not really sure what to do because they're outside of a context that's normative for them. So I do think physical presentation is important. I do think it's contextual. I don't think there's this hardline standard that we all need to fit into. If you're working in investment banking or commercial banking or, you know, just the banking industry as a whole, I think, you know, that definitely has a dress code that is more indicative of last century, suits, ties, and dark dress shoes. If you're in consulting, that standard has moved quite a bit over the years. There's something about coming in and presenting an image that, as my mom used to say, clean, neat, and professional. Does image matter? I don't think it's everything, but I do think impressions mean something. We communicate in how we present Ourselves, We actually communicate value and importance of the other person sometimes by how we present ourselves, particularly in a business context. Even in my personal life, if my wife and I are having a date night, you know, we've been married for 22 plus years. We still go out on dates and spend time together. And if I show up in a t-shirt and shorts and she's put on makeup, done her hair, and she's wearing a well put together outfit, and I show up looking like I just woke up, I'm communicating something about what I think of her and the value that she has, because of the time I'm putting into my own preparation to spend time with her. There's a similar analogous theme to work. So again, for those of you who do listen to this podcast, I may get some hate mail out of this, (laughs) but I think it's a topic worth stepping into a couple of things. We're going to make some differentiation between in-person versus online. Does it really matter? And maybe even share some techniques for when you are on camera, you know, want to talk about cultural norms and context. I think that's really important as well as role and level. There's also some significance there and really how it impacts opinions and impressions.
0: I think almost everyone had heard, whether you were in college or prepping maybe with somebody who had helped you get an interview for your first job, it was like a theme. Make sure you dress really well. Make sure you make that first good impression in the interview process and are dressed nice. But then you get into the company. You know, I am a Mm -hmm. consultant, but I primarily am supporting these high technology firms. So like the Googles and the Microsofts and the Amazons. When you're in this IT type organization, they tend to dress, you know, jeans and a nice sweater is more than enough. It's not at all like the banking industry. There's not ties and jackets, but it is an impression that is made when people see you. That's the first impression that they get. And people forget after they've been at a company for a while, one. And two, since COVID has occurred and we're doing online meetings, particularly for teams who never had that remote model, remote work was never an option until COVID. I don't think they understand (laughs) that online, if you're on video in meetings, you're also making an impression. The company I'm supporting now, I hear a lot of stories about people saying, I joined my meeting today and -and so-and-so was in their pajamas. They're going to (laughs) remember that. that. They're not going to forget that about you. (laughs) Like they're going (sighs) to remember that. It's distracting. It's hard to hear what's being said in the meeting because you're busy staring at the person on video who you know, is in an environment and looking like something you weren't expecting. And that's a hard thing for people to forget. I feel like it's something that will stick in your memory about that individual. And that's not something I want stuck in people's memories about me. And I also think what happens sometimes is you're unexpectedly in COVID world asked to turn on your video when you weren't expecting to. So you do have to take a little bit of time to be in an online platform ready to go and presentable in case the unexpected occurs and you are on video and folks could see you.
1: We have some what we call early in career Or fresh out of college and grad school talent who have joined our company and we bring them in in cohorts. They go through a pretty structured discipline program together. And I sometimes will be down in our office that houses our early in career folks. And I'm always a little bit stunned by what I see. Folks that are in dirty tennis shoes, holes in the pants, you know, shirts that look like they just came from the bottom of the laundry pile. I realize, unfortunately, that cat could be the smartest dude in the room. And I am so distracted by the fact that they look like they just don't give a rip. Unfortunately, my first inclination is to dismiss that individual. And so it's a credibility builder. And I do think, you know, yes, I come from the military, but I'm a very unmilitary military guy. But I do believe in the whole idea of a uniform and wearing the appropriate uniform for the appropriate occasion. So like I said, you know, I have suits and ties and good dress shoes, but that's not always appropriate. So it's understanding the uniform that you need to be wearing for the setting and the context that you're in and wearing that uniform well. So for example, I have a lot of customers in the mid-market. When I visit a lot of those customers, if I'm visiting their corporate offices, A, I never ever wear a tie because that is not the culture of a lot of the manufacturing distribution customers that I work with. So no ties, open collar, and usually I don't get crazy with my pattern. Pink dress shirt is as wahoo as I get when I go see those customers. I'll generally wear a nice sports coat because I want to show them that I'm making an effort. And frankly, I like wearing a nice sports coat and a pair of good wool trousers and a nice pair of dress shoes. Big fan of the Allen Edmonds and the Aldens. And being dressed impressed, as we used to say in the military, just impressed. Now I had a customer at one point, they were a gaming company. It was not uncommon for most of their developers to be in the proverbial hoodie and Dungeons and Dragons t-shirt and a pair of jeans and maybe flip flops. And a lot of their executives wore dark jeans, a nice button down and maybe a sweater, not a sweater, but definitely not a sports coat. And again, it would have been inappropriate for me to step into that environment wearing a pair of dress trousers and a sports coat. So I wore a dark pair of jeans, a nice pair of shoes and sports shirt, a button down shirt. Sure. So it's really about being able to understand the context that you're stepping into and what's appropriate and what kind of impression are you trying to make? And just like you can make a bad impression because you're sloppy or out. shoddy, you can also make a bad impression by being overdressed.
0: Right. That's important. Call out. And I remember learning that when consulting together, that being told, figure out what the norm is for dressing. And then as a consultant, they would tell us dress one notch above, but Yeah. yeah. I think it could be intimidating, or you're not taken seriously. Yeah, for not understanding, we don't wear our suits. (laughs) (laughs) Gaming
1: company. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's just a bad look. You just dated yourself and and (laughs) set up all sorts of barriers. So how you dress and how you present yourself and knowing what uniform to wear for the right situation can also be a great builder of relationship or at least create relational comfort and not put up some immediate barriers between you and the other individual or individuals, whether those are employees, respective clients or whatnot. So what I would wear to a client in person is not necessarily what I would wear when I'm online. Which of course has been the majority of my client engagement and fellow employee engagement i usually have two different uniforms when i'm online if i'm speaking externally to a customer or a potential customer i'm generally wearing at a minimum just a sweater or a button-down shirt it doesn't even have to be a dress shirt per se but a button-down shirt with a sweater usually in jeans and in this case slippers on my feet usually a collar I make sure I'm shaved my hair is actually combed or whatever for the day and then I'm in a presentable position that's usually when I'm talking to somebody external to me when I'm talking internally nine times out of ten we're not on the camera but when I do have to be on a group call or a team call with my old practice I I usually was not as concerned about having a button down on, but I did want to be clean and neat and presentable and usually not wearing a t-shirt. So clean, neat and presentable, but a little less concerned about looking super professional. But again, I go back to my mom, clean, neat and presentable. There's some other components, though, when being online that I think are really important, and that's the setting that you're in. So right now, those of you listening to the podcast can't see me, but I've done a few things in my workspace to create an environment which is professional from a video perspective. So when my team or my boss or my customer gets online and I am on video... One, to create that connection, I usually don't blur out my background. And I usually don't use a false background. So there'll be no pictures of me sitting at the beach while I'm on a video conference call. (laughs) I try to keep my background real, okay, Mm -hmm. because I want to create connection. So from a background perspective, then I don't want something that's really cluttered. I want something that's kind of clean, neat. There's not a lot that's going to distract the viewer behind me. Oftentimes I'll include part of a bookcase and kind of a clean wall behind me with a little bit of Art, So it's interesting. It's not boring. It's part of who I am. And that actually creates some relational capital and connection. And I can't tell you how many times I've had great ad hoc conversations with either colleagues that I didn't know very well or customers just based upon a book they saw on my wall or they saw my Teddy Roosevelt bobblehead doll or something to that effect. And it creates a relational connection. The third thing that I try to do is my lighting. So you don't want a lot of glaring light on your face. So I've invested in a little light block that actually sits off to the side of my computer and hits my face from the side or kind of the front side. That creates some soft light on me. So I'm not sitting in a cave. There's not a lot of glare. So I try to dim down and create some soft light. It's also important that you have some background light, which currently I don't have right now, but I have a lamp that sits behind me, kind of in the corner of my office. I have that lamp on usually to create some backlight and that really creates an on camera environment, which is amenable to relational connection, reduces distraction and is professional. The last thing I'll say on that front is I also have my office and not everyone can do this. I have my office generally in a location free of distraction away from the hustle and bustle. I have a very busy house. I'm down in the basement and I try to be in a place where I'm somewhat segregated to really reduce the opportunity for my 10-year-old to photobomb my client meetings. Every once in a while that happens and we laugh about it. It's great, but I try to create a distraction-free environment, both for me and for the folks online. So those are some tips and tricks. It speaks to that physical presentation, particularly in the world in which we live now. And I think are really, really important for successful connection, successful engagement and meaningful meetings, one-on-ones and other sorts of dialogue.
0: I had never thought about the idea that you could be a little more strategic with your background in terms of maybe purposely showing some of your favorite business books. Yeah. Right. Or some of your favorite business swag from different projects that I've done. Typically, what doesn't distract me the most is when people are sitting at a table with the wall and window in the background or in an office setting with bookshelves or I see fireplaces in the background. Yeah. Those all seem pretty standard to me and I don't necessarily remember them. You remember when something is extremely different, the background or the way the person is dressed Or presenting themselves. Overall, the major theme is don't let yourself be the distraction to the meeting objective.
1: Yeah, that's right. Just some tips and tricks on physical presentation for that online presence. I grew up in a strange house, and that my dad did not let me wear jeans until I was in high school. His parents were from another generation, I think, Leave It to Beaver. And so jeans were for working or playing and not, certainly not white collar work, blue collar work. And so unless you were playing or working, You didn't wear jeans, but not everyone grows up in that sort of context. Now, having said that, I don't think I dressed particularly well. I just wasn't allowed to wear more casual clothing. There's a lot of great help out there to help you dress well. Instagram is great. There's some great websites and podcasts out there. Some of them can get really snooty and pretentious, and those aren't things I would direct you towards, but there's a website called Put This On. He's a guy who's a correspondent for NPR that also likes kind of men's fashion, but he's got some interesting, really helpful articles. I also don't think you have to break the bank to dress well. I personally have some of my favorite pieces in my wardrobe are things that I picked up at the cancer thrift store or found at the Goodwill when I was thrifting, which is something I enjoy doing from time to time, or getting a really interesting piece from a men's consignment shop, which there aren't a lot of those unless you're like in New York City or a major metropolitan area, but you can find really good stuff and not break the bank. And I think women have a lot more options when it comes to time. I was going to
0: say, yeah, there's like apps and services now where they will send you a set of work clothes, take them, try them on, keep what you like, return what you don't. And for women in the workforce, I've heard and seen some presentations on new startups where you order your clothes online, but they will assign you somebody who will help dress you like a personal shopper type thing who will make some recommendations based on the type of job you have and where you are in the company. Cause that's the other important call out. Like when you talk about Justin wearing your button up shirt and stuff, you're also an executive when you're leading with your team. Now, if I'm in a one-on-one all day, and sometimes I have that working sessions day long, then maybe I might make an exception, particularly if it's my colleague and just the two of us are meeting online. I still want to look presentable. I don't want to show up (laughs) to where you can't even think, right? But then I might throw on a sweatshirt.
1: I call it my wearable blanket, but I have a shawl collar cardigan that I'm wearing (laughs) right now. And it's like a wool hug around my neck <laughs> i love wearing it because it's comfortable it's cozy but it looks good online yeah. a couple other resources that i would just point out guys is and i think women there are some alternatives like this too there are some great books out there again you can get them used on amazon or go to your favorite used bookstore half price books and probably find them there are books like dressing the man by alan flusser that i would recommend A book that sounds really pretentious, but is helpful called Preppy. I actually have a book that Brooks Brothers put out to celebrate their 200th anniversary. Just finding a a lookbook that can help you put outfits together. I know that sounds a little pretentious, makes me look really geeky. I get it but I think it's helpful. I did not know how to fully dress. I walked into Nordstrom when I was a fairly junior consultant in Seattle. The salesman looked at me and he said, your shirt's too big. I'm like, what do you mean? It's the right neck size. It's the right sleeve length. He's like, no, your shirt's way too blousey and baggy. I could take 20, 30 pounds off of you right now. I mean, he's a good salesman. So he was definitely trying to set the hook and I'm like, okay, you got me. He just put me in a more fitted dress shirt. And I couldn't believe what it did for how I looked, and more importantly, how I felt. And so, for the last 10 years, I wear a much more fitted style of dress shirt, not so fitted, but more of an athletic cut dress shirt because I'm big broad shoulders and a barrel chest. It's tapered. And so it loses some of the bagginess. So we're really geeking out on clothes right now. I apologize. If you don't know how to dress, I get it. I didn't necessarily know how to dress either. And I'm still learning, but there are lots of great resources out there online at your local used bookstore services uh, like trunk club and other online shopping services that you can work with a stylist. You can tell them what you need and they can help you and then i would say just a really there are lots of high quality consignment stores out there to include consignment stores for women now that i know what to look for man i found some great things half my ties that i own probably came from a consignment shop and they're beautifully made ties that you can't even find that quality anymore. And they're gorgeous. But all that to say, there's lots of resources out there. You are presenting an image. You need to present the right image in the right context for the right impact. I don't want to be superficial and say that it's all about how you look or it's about being attractive. It's wearing the right thing at the right time for the right impact.
0: That's right. It's that we are teaching our listeners skills that will help them be better at their career and get promoted faster. And the way you dress is one of them. And yeah. what's important is you don't want to make the wrong type of long lasting impression because people, whether they do it consciously or subconsciously, do judge based off of images. It's just a fact of human behavior and our brain and psychological process. You need to know your audience and dress appropriately for your audience. And it's a way to help you feel more confident as you go through your day. Yeah, that's what matters. That's why it's so important.
1: Yeah. If you have any questions, we can put some resources in the show notes to help you out. Again, it probably seems like we spent a lot of time talking about this topic, but I think it's something that is really important and starting to become a little bit of a lost art and can be a real differentiator. Think about and be intentional about the image you're projecting. We don't want to be superficial. If you know Lindsay and I, you know that we're not superficial Mm -hmm. people, but we also want to set you up for success. And your physical appearance is definitely part of that.
0: That's all for today. Don't forget to head out to our website to download the tips and tricks worksheet from today's episode, download case studies, subscribe to our podcast and newsletter, and more.
1: And tune in next week for an all new episode. Thanks for listening.